Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm talking with Jill Mott, who is a sommelier from Henry and Son. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Emily. What are we talking about today? Late summer rosés, if that sounds delicious enough for you. Yeah, it does. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, you know, here in Minneapolis, especially when we talk about rosés, everybody, you know, we think about the beginning of summer. We think about Everybody's chomping at the bit to get out on their boats, drink lighter things, eat, you know, fresh in-season vegetables. But um, anybody in the wine world, anybody in the know is drinking rosés all year round. And they might just change the style of rosé that they're drinking, much like people that like red wine drink light red wines in the summer and richer red wines in the winter. Well, with rosés, there are plenty of rosés that are absolutely delicious for these just slightly cooler times as I'm like sitting here getting goosebumps in my <laughs> living room um, because there's such a cool breeze. So I'll just fire away, shall I? Yeah, go for it. So the first uh, rosé that I want to talk about is one from northern kind of central Spain in a region called Ribera del Duero. And a friend of mine, Alfredo Maestro, he actually um, has been making natural wines since the beginning of last decade, so long before they were ever cool here in the United States. And... I went to make wine with them a few years ago. And so this wine that I'm going to talk about is a wine that I have quite intimate knowledge of. It's really, it was really fun to make. And it's a really rare and different style rosé. So it's from a grape called Garnacha Tintorera, which Garnacha Tintorera, if you were to splice it, it's got red flesh. And so not only does, is there, are there color and, and tannins that reside in the skins, but also in the flesh as well. And you're left with this very deep, almost light red looking, because it is such a deep rosé. Um, it's, it's rich. This is a heavy rosé. We can say that it's full-bodied. But because it's grown on calcareous limestone soils, you get an incredible amount of brightness. So it, you're not drinking rich and flabby. You're drinking rich and bright, which is really, really fun. Um, the wine is called Amanda, or... Amanda, if we're going to anglicize it, sure. um, the, the, the name. And it's just a really great, um, totally unsulfured wine for this time of year, which is really cool. Another one is um, most of, I would say, a lot of people, if you're, if you're uh, lucky, you've got some sort of plan this weekend for Labor Day, whether you're going to go up to a cabin, you're going to have friends over for some distance barbecuing, or you know, if you've potted up with, with your neighbors. Um, and what better way to do that than with a magnum of rosé? Um, and so for me, I know that when I go up to a cabin, um, whether it's myself and a couple family members that I'm close to, you know, I'm five glasses of wine, which is a typical bottle of wine, is just not enough for me. So what yeah. I mean, like, so I'm not going to bring up a bottle of wine to share with all these people, right? I'm going to bring up a magnum of wine so that everybody has enough to drink. A magnum is a double bottle. So instead of five glasses, it's 10 glasses of wine. And we have one at Henry and Son. I think a couple other people uh, in, the, in the state got it too. We had to special order it from out east. It's very quintessential rosé. It's from a producer called Payrasol. Now, Payrasol doesn't claim to be like natural wine, right? But they're super uber traditional Provence-style rosé. And what I mean by that is Provence from southern France that is that light in color, light in body, sprightly, very 
easy to just chug, really. And it's a really fun rosé for this time of year um, in the fact that it goes with a lot of the lighter vegetables and, you know, we're putting feta on things and we're sprinkling a little tahini on things. And it just is great if you happen to have a sunshiny day uh, that you're you're out on a boat and decide, you know, one bottle's not enough for our <laughs> group. We need to. Yeah, I'm just bringing the Magnum. It's really fun and celebratory. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's... Those are two that I recommend. So I just, I'm really bad with time management. So do I have time for yes. one more rosé and maybe a beer? Or should yes. I just go right to beer? Nope. Okay. Just tell me the rosé. You got All right. it. A friend of mine, Chris Brockway, he makes wine out of an urban uh, uh, winery in Berkeley. And Chris Brockway, hold on to your hats, everybody, makes something called White Zinfandel. Everybody just <laughs> got in car accidents all over. They're like, what? <laughs> he started making White Zinfandel in that very provincial style I just mentioned, right? Like very light, very easy drinking. And what's funny about white zin is white zin is, is yes, it can be swilly, but it's not swilly. If you just, you're basically taking red grapes, Zinfandel grapes, Mm -hmm. and just putting them right to the press with hardly any maceration, meaning time on the skins, right? So you're just left with a rosé, call it Zinfandel, then you have white Zinfandel people. It's not like, (laughs) it's not necessarily non-artisanal. We took a couple years off um, from making it because he didn't have access to grapes and that's all everybody wanted and he was wanting to focus on other things. It's back, people, but now it's got a totally different feel. It's almost like that Amanda that I mentioned where it's like at the beginning of our conversation, very deep in color. But it's his white Zinfandel that's basically like a very light red wine or an extremely dark rosé. It has quite a bit of skin contact. He blends one other grape in there as well called Trousseau Gris. And it is, I would say, one of the more natural rosés on the market right now. Um, It's cloudy. It drinks almost like a sour beer meets a kombucha meets a rosé meets a something else fermenty that I don't even have words for right now. Um, it's a really, really fun, really fun rosé uh, for people that have a little bit more experience drinking natural wine. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a real treat coming out of California. Nice. And you want to talk about a beer, too, for those who might not care about rosé today. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So this is a, a beer that I had over the weekend. And hopefully we'll have it at Henry & Son soon. But um, you can get it at places like Elevated. I know that Zips carries it. I think they've got a great beer selection over at Zips. So Blackstrap is the name of a brewery right off of 280 in St. Paul. And I've kind of been hot and cold on their beers, but lately their game has been upped. Like Mm. they just are producing fantastic beers. And one that caught my eye this weekend was one called Am I Wrong? They're making this beer that is an Australian style pale ale, which in Minnesota is kind of a rare thing to lay our hands on because we know pale ales and we know British pale ales. Mm -hmm. But Australian pale ales are um, a... They're a little bit fruitier. Um, they're kind of amber in color, like an amber ale, like a typical British pale ale. A medium effervescence, not too effervescent. But they can kind of be, um, you know, just like very mild on all fronts. And this new wave of brewers in Australia are starting to make a pale ale with, a little, with more of a focus on Australian hops. So in this case, they're doing... Uh, a, a hop called Sabro, which is from the States here. Um, they're doing Mosaic, which is a very common 
hop here used in the United States, but they're also doing an Australian hop called Vic Secret, not Victoria's Secret, <laughs> Vic Secret. Okay. And it's so, it's so cool because, and I was, as I tasted it and some friends tasted it and we were all like, oh my gosh, this beer is so good. Whoa, this finish is so weird and awesome. And that's the Vic Secret hop, which gives it this like pineapple-y, mango-y, kind of passion fruity, just very subtle on the finish. It's a very mild-mannered beer, but I went online to kind of check out what people were saying about it. And every, like the common thread is like, whoa, that finish is so crazy. And so I'm like, it's not just, I'm like, it's not just me, but it's for people that like, like something very mild to drink, you know, it's not too high in alcohol. It's just really well-made. It's just a very different flavor and something I really appreciated. So grab a four pack or eight four packs uh, <laughs> for your weekend up North. It, it's a fun one for sure. An Australian pale ale from St. Paul. Yeah, and I did say black strap and I, I am going to correct myself and say black stack brewing. Oh, black stack brewing. Yeah, I was on rum. <laughs> you know, black strap is a type of rum. I'm just constantly thinking about rum. Um, but yeah, black black stack brewing. So apologize to you guys. You're making good beer. Awesome. Jill Mott, sommelier from Henry and Son, always a pleasure and I'll have you back in 2 weeks. Thanks so much. Thank you.